Hello everybody, welcome to the Chenzor Dynasty. My name is James Chen, aka J Chenzor, here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. And uh, the Chen Reaction is where I talk about all sorts of crazy topics going on in the fighting game community, and today there is a doozy of a topic. Uh, yesterday, apparently in the span of two days, a fan created a patch for the Street Fighter V netcode, and it's just like a DLL that you just drop in there and uh, replaces one of the existing DLLs, and now when you play it, you get better connections. Something that Capcom has not been able to do for four years or something, and they seem to have improved the experience tremendously already. And this is an interesting situation because this raises up questions all over the place. Just like, this is just like wild. It's crazy, right? And so basically what happened here is that uh, someone created a patch that uh, the reason why you get really bad, bad rollback is because the two games basically kind of fall out of sync, right? There's a whole factor of rollback netcode that you have to keep the games running at the same time. If they fall out of sync, and I don't know the details about why things fall out of sync or whatever like that, then one game is always thinking it's catching up. And that's why you get the teleport. And that's why one player usually will experience the lag and the other person doesn't, which is the craziest thing. So uh, basically, uh, one player keeps seeing this lag while the other guy's playing just fine. A lot of times when I play Street Fighter Online and, and, I, and I am playing with my viewers, they're always like, yeah, it was really terrible for me. And I was like, it was fine for me. And then uh, I'll play, I'm like, man, this lag was terrible. And they're like, yeah, it was fine for me. So it's, it's really kind of crazy. So uh, it's a mod. Yeah, it's technically a fan mod, but it patches the game and makes it so that it seems to work a lot better now. Now, uh, it does cause some problems here because this is not a universal update, right? And so if you update something and you play with a bunch of people who are not updated, if you guys do not have the same kind of fix to it, then you're going to run into problems, right? So what this patch has done is that if you have the patch and somebody else has the patch, and the patch obviously only works on the PC because there's no way to patch stuff on the PS4 uh, without like a dev kit or something like that, but if two people with the patches on their PCs play against each other, the experience is amazing for them. The experience is amazing for them, right? This is not a real patch, right? This is just a mod, a fan-made patch. So this doesn't roll out to everybody. If you play with a, a patched version with someone who does not have a patch, whether it's PC to PC or PC to PS4, then the other person's experience is terrible. Right, You basically make it so that you're always on time and they're not on time, so they're always trying to do the catch up to you. And so they're gonna have the really awful jumpy experience playing against you. However, again, if you have people who are patched and they play against each other, then uh, they're synced up. And so it actually feels a lot closer to, on, uh, to offline. For example, David played a match yesterday with another person who was patched, and the netcode seemed okay. There was still a little bit jumping, and David was like, that ah, wasn't very good. How was it for you? 
and the guy on the stream was like, I'm in Tunisia. And he, David was like, what? I just played this and it was freaking from here to like North, North Africa. And that was, that was the, it was better. It was still better experience than some like than me and David playing against each other when we're both in Southern California so uh, it's pretty crazy um, but here's the thing right what does this patch mean what is what is this what does this mean right well the number one thing that it means is that there is something simple and straightforward we can do now to improve everybody's experience does it fix the net code Probably not completely. There's probably still a lot of little things here and there that we need to figure out to make it optimal, but this is something that now we know that so took someone literally two days to create by reverse engineering the code. By They didn't have access to the source code, so I don't know if you guys understand uh, how programming works. When you create a DLL, a DLL is just basically a bunch of information that a program needs to run, right? And it's all in like crazy machine coded language. It's, it's all just in there like that. You can't just take that file, open it up with something and see all the lines of code. That's not how it works unless it's a debug version, which nobody releases because debug information in a file adds a bunch of memory space that nobody needs and it just it bloats the code it bloats the, the the software basically it starts taking up a ton of of space uh yeah exactly so the guy gandhi says he said if he had the source code he could have did it in 30 minutes free free but the thing is if you can reverse engineer it enough to the point where you can figure out exactly kind of what's going on in there which you can do you know uh that's apparently what this guy did and so all that time it took to reverse engineer the code uh took a lot of work if you have the source code, like you said, it would have been 30 minutes. Easy, right? But the key factor is that there is something that's quick, dirty, and easy that improves the experience. Does it make it perfect? I would probably say no. I would doubt that it would uh, be perfect. In fact, it might even introduce some new bugs, right? It might even, and I'm not talking about the patch to not patch version, because if this was an official patch, everybody would get it everybody would have a copy of it. I'm just saying that it might come with some other bugs. That's just the nature of software, right? You, you, you put something in there, you write a bunch of code, and you're like, this couldn't possibly hurt anything else. This is so straightforward and simple. And then you roll it out and then your whole program explodes, right? This is just the nature of coding. <laughs> this is the nature of coding. But there is something that is simple and works right now. So in other words, whatever reason Capcom has had to not patch the netcode is non-existent. And even if Capcom said, look, we're going to roll out something similar. You don't roll out the fan patch, by the way. You just find out what he did. And I'm sure he's perfectly willing to throw all that information out there. And, uh, you know, if Capcom can roll something out and say, hey, look, this doesn't fix the net code completely, but it'll improve the process, it'll improve the experience. Dude, everybody would be thrilled, right? Because from all accounts and everything that I've read from everybody over here is that they're all saying that the experience has been fantastic when they play patch to patch. Like when someone's patched the other person's patch, it just feels like it's fantastic. So 
the long-term ramifications for this are huge. They're super important. This means that Capcom, I feel like literally has no reason now to try to implement this officially in their product because they have something that they know will fix the experience for 90% of the users. Will there be other users that may experience new bugs and weird, weird, crazy, you know, uh, fringe conditions and all these things like that? Probably. Will it take some people's experiences that were good and turn them bad for them only? Probably, but there will be a minority case, right? Uh, will it confuse some people who were used to the old way and now it doesn't work that way? Maybe. There are definitely some issues that can come from this, right? We're not going to sit here and say that this is a magic bullet that's going to fix all of the problems uh, for this the netcode because that just that's not how software works. But it's going to improve the experience for the majority of the players based off of what I've seen from uh, a lot of the people. Uh, no, I don't know. Naleb, understand. I'm not saying 90% of the players are PC. I'm saying if they roll this out on all of the platforms, on PC and on PlayStation 4, because whatever they fix on one of them, they can port that fix to the other one. If Capcom makes an official fix, then it goes out to everybody and we don't have that patch to not patch problem, right? That's that's exact that's the whole situation right there. So um uh Street so Liquid Snake asks, is Street Fighter V netcode that bad compared to other games? Uh it's a worse experience. If you have good connections, it's good. If you have bad connections, it's the worst thing ever, right? All the other games have delayed base net code, and so it doesn't feel good unless you are Fight for Animals, Fighting is Magic, Killer Instinct, or Skullgirls, or Mortal Kombat 11, which do use properly written rollback net code. Then the experience is good. Right? It's, you just have to have properly imp implemented rollback netcode. The double-edged sword of rollback netcode is that when it's good, it's great. You know, you've got the wind in your back, your lowest lane, you know, I don't know, whatever. But when it's bad, it's awful, right? It's like, it's the worst thing ever. So, um, so that's the thing. Right, yeah, see, that's the thing. Is if they patched it to everybody, everybody would have this shared experience right now. Everybody would have this shared experience. Uh, and the problem with it right now is the situation right now is everybody who has it patched when they're playing against somebody else who doesn't have it patched, they are ruining their experience and the rollback netcode is going to seem even worse for them. But um, if we can get to the point where now we've already proven that this does work to a degree. And it will improve the majority of players' experiences. Like I said, there will be the fringe cases where it will get worse. And it's going to suck for them. <laughs> and uh, maybe they can spend some time fixing and working on that as well. But um, in, if you can improve 90% of the players' experience and ruin maybe 5% of the players' experiences, I mean, we have the trolley problem here, right? This is the trolley problem, like... How do you do this? Like, I mean, I'd say go for it because honestly, right now, 
one of the biggest knocks against Street Fighter V, especially in its current condition, right? Because when the first game first came out, if you didn't play Street Fighter V because you said you hated the input lag or you hated the lack of variety or the characters were boring or whatever like that, that was all kind of legit. But nowadays, Street Fighter V is in a position where it's actually really matured. It's very fun right now, and the characters have a lot of variety. Characters are really interesting. I've started playing Lucia because Lucia is just an amazing character to play. It's super fun. And so, um, basically, if you could fix the netcode so that I could play this thing, that everybody else can play this thing, and not just basically, you know, cry from the Netco, that would be amazing. So, Cammy is good, Eli Hendricks. Don't say she's trash, dude. Don't say she's trash. She's just boring. She's good, but she's boring. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, game development doesn't require time and money, but also talent. It's possible they just suck, but it's not as easy as people think. Well, don't forget that one person implemented the entire Netcode, right? You can't blame the dev for having these problems here, right? If, if one, the dev is by themselves, they've got like seven bazillion things that are bombing them. You know, if you went to his bug report list and you look at that thing and he has to handle the whole thing by himself, you can't blame a dev for missing this kind of thing. If you don't have the proper QA simulation environment to be able to test all sorts of netcode issues, you can't blame the developer for that, right? That All of this comes down to budget, right? So that's just the thing. So because they wanted cross-play between two platforms that don't allow cross-play because PS, uh, Sony never allowed cross-play from their servers, they had to create their own server. So basically, you're asking one person to write this whole back-end network thing to, do, to set up. Whereas if a game was just on PS4 to PS4 and there was no crossplay, you would just be using Sony servers and Sony would be doing all the tests and they've already done all the tests and it doesn't matter, right? You don't have to write your own infrastructure for the entire net play, right? Because it already exists and you have all these Sony experts and QA testing their entire Sony PlayStation network. You have all these Microsoft engineers testing their entire network, etc., etc., right? But for Street Fighter V, you got to create your own, and it's all this other stuff like that. So one person um, is is what well, did worked on it, and if he didn't have the proper testing environment and he couldn't rep reproduce things and stuff, so, it's such a painful process, right? You can't really blame the devs. You really just blame the higher-ups for hiring only for hiring only one person and potentially not having the proper environments and you know not shifting enough money into QA I don't know there's all sorts of things that went into it that could that caused this kind of situation but here we are in a situation where somebody has reverse engineered a DLL and figured out a fix and put it out and now here's this fix and it improves the majority of the people's um, experience I think at this point in time, if Capcom doesn't respond with, all right, we're going to look into what he did and see if we can do something similar on our end with the official, with an, uh, with an official patch, uh, we can't guarantee, like if they just, and here's the hard part, right? Because this might be 
you know, modern businesses, old school businesses, right? This is before social media, after social media, things have changed. Japan is very old school minded. And you, like if you like if you're in Japan and you're a company and you say, hey, we're going to release this. It might not fix everything. It might make things worse for some people, but this will improve most people's experience. We hope we'll keep an eye on it, blah, blah, blah. It's a very mea culpa kind of response. And in Japan, that's very shameful probably. And it probably has a lot of bad implications. A lot of old companies that aren't familiar with, you know, social media interaction might not see it as the kind of uh, open communication to customers that a lot of modern companies uh, have right now. Uh, I could explain Chun-Li's face in MVCI if you really wanted me to. Um, but uh, that's the other thing, MetaSkipper. If they're going to have online qualifiers, they got to do this. Otherwise, the online qualifiers are just going to be the most like fraudulent result ever. If they can fix... I just went to a round one arcade and I tried to play Street Fighter V over there and it connected to another round one arcade and we couldn't play. It just sat there on the Versus screen and I basically had to wait five minutes for it to time out so that I could play again. It was miserable. Like we definitely need to, to get this fixed. This is something that has to happen now, right? And so one of the issues that someone brought up early on is with this patch right now, it's very frustrating because it ruins some players' experiences, etc., etc., right? Well, if you care enough to download and install this patch, right? And if you're watching this, or if you've somehow gotten a clip of this somewhere, it means you care enough about your experience with the game, and you also care enough about other people's experience with the game, right? So, uh, if you do download this patch, make sure that you have lobbies and only play with other people that you know you have that have this patch, okay? Uh, if you plan to just go play online ranked, you know, turn off the patch. Turn off the patch, right? If you are playing on PS4, set yourself to PS4 only. Do not fight PC players. If you're on PC, uh, set it to PC only or something like that. Or like I said, just play it without the patch. Now, here's the question is, how do you do that, right? People aren't who aren't savvy enough to do it. So basically, from what I've heard, the way that this, uh, this mod... This mod works. I'm not going to call it a patch. I'm going to call it a mod. The way this mod works is you just replace a DLL. You take one DLL file, you drop it in there, and you place it, right? Apparently, the patch comes with the original DLL, too, so that if you delete the original DLL, you always have it off to the side. All you have to do is turn off the game, drop the original DLL in there, and then start it up again. And now you're playing it without the mod. Okay, you want the mod back again? Drop the modded DLL in there, right? You can also do something like, for example, take the DLL file name, .dll, rename it to .dll underscore orig, like O-R-I-G for original or old to represent that it's the old one, and then copy the new one in there, and then whenever you want to switch the DLL, you rename the, the, pat, the mod one to .dll underscore new or underscore mod, and then rename the old back to just the DLL. And then that's it. All you have to do is just keep swapping the files. That's as easy as it is to turn it on and off. Easy as it is to turn on and off. Uh, some people in the chat are even saying PC versus unpatched PC works all right. Still, I, I wouldn't... 
like I don't think it's fair to a lot of the people out there who don't have the patch version, right? If you're watching this and you don't have the patch version, I totally recommend grabbing the patch version so that you can play other people with the patch uh, in a fun way. And, you know, if you guys want to set up lobbies with only other patched players, you can use the Chenzor Dynasty Discord. <laughs> the Chenzor Dynasty Discord! Where people gather and talk about fighting games in a friendly fashion. Uh, it is a moderated community, a very moderated community where I've given um, uh, mods carte blanche to ban toxic people uh, based off of their own judgment. If you see anyone that's being toxic, you can report them to my mods and my mods will take care of them, etc, etc. But, you know, that is a place that you can set up some, uh, 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 some matches uh, between patch players and stuff like that. So... Uh, where can you read about this said mod? Uh, it's on Reddit right now, Magic Orbs. Uh, it's on Reddit. Now, this, this is a big caveat, right? This is a huge caveat and something that I'm glad Magic Orbs kind of brought this up. Um, this is a fan-made mod, okay? Uh, he's only sh showing us what he did. He could be adding extra things to it. He could be, but I think other people will probably have the due diligence to be able to double check. But, you know, it is a fan-created thing, right? It, it's basically you're using a file downloaded from the internet. You have no idea what it's going to do. You're going on faith that this guy isn't going to do something crazy to your machine or anything like that. So, uh, But it is on GitHub. And it's all there, and I do believe the source code is all there and everything like that. So, we'll see. Well, I, I, so far, I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen anything crazy from this uh, file yet. So, um, yeah, uh, there you go. Fat guy put a link in the chat right there. Um, oh, is, this, is it the same guy who made the hitbox display for stuff like Dragon Ball Fighters and stuff like that? So in other words, he's just somebody who's been in the fighting game community. He made the Guilty Gear hitbox mods too. Okay, so the guy has a good reputation. He is a trustworthy guy who has done stuff in the past. So I think that, ma that makes it a lot more trustable. That makes it a lot more able to be trusted. So that's actually really, really cool. Um, uh... <laughs> And see, the no way that you would turn this patch off for anyone. I mean, you're griefing. You're basically trying to ruin the experience for other people. You do you. You do you. But uh, my recommendation is that you don't do that. And that's why if you're on PS4, you just match up to only other PS4 players for now. Because if you match up to PC and the, the patch, the mod spreads, you're going to have a lot of terrible experiences. But, like I said, as a result of this actually existing, I think this kind of forces Capcom's hand to do something. I really do think Capcom needs to look very carefully into this and figure out a way to implement a similar fix. Even if it takes contacting the guy and saying, what exactly did you do, right? What exactly did you do? And the funniest thing about it is, you know, I kept thinking to myself, there's no way this kind of netcode fix could be that difficult, especially when guys like Mike Z and like Keats kind of already knew what the problem was. And Keats has been laughing about it all day that it took this guy two days, even with reverse engineering code, uh, to actually fix this. So, but 
because this exists out there, I think this kind of forces Capcom's hand. So the long-term ramifications is I really do hope that Capcom does set something out like this. But at the same time, you know, as I was trying to mention earlier, I really hope that they kind of understand that in the modern era, the modern social media era, era where people are talking to each other and communication is going rampant back and forth between companies and people and people and companies, right? Like 10 years ago, this was unheard of that we even, we didn't even know if the companies knew that the FGC existed, right? Like we're sitting here on AGSF2 typing away about a bunch of stuff. And like, did we even know that the companies were even listening to us at all? Like we just didn't even, we believe that they didn't even hear us, right? Nowadays, everything is different. So if they can come out with a patch and just say, hey, look, we've reproduced what uh, this person did to the best of our abilities. We're hoping that it does fix everybody's experience. And it's not going to be something quick. They're not going to do something tomorrow because they need to do QA on it. They definitely need to do QA on it too to make sure. But if they can release something and then also release a statement and just say, look, we've implemented this fix. From what we can tell, it fixes the ma majority of players' issues. Some people may experience degraded performance. Uh, please let us know if you do, and we will look into it and see if we can help that kind of situation. But this should improve the majority of players' experience. We hope you understand. Please enjoy kind of thing like that. This kind of uh, candidness, this kind of uh, open communication and, you know, a lot of people are more understanding about that kind of stuff these days. You'll see it a lot when those game companies are like, man, you know, we're not getting this game out to you as soon as we thought. We want to make sure the quality is good, so it's going to be another three months. And most of the time you see people going, take your time, man, take your time, fix it, make it good, make the game good. There you go. There is a chance, Hypergrav, that they do nothing. And if that's the case, then, then I, there's no reason for the community not to riot at that point in time. Honestly, like, we... So here's the first thing, right? First of all, don't go at Capcom right now. Don't yell at Capcom. Don't be like, Capcom, you guys suck. Look, this guy fixed this and blah, everybody, you guys suck. Right? Like, there's... <laughs> That, that you're not going to get anything accomplished with that, right? So right now you'd be like, hey, Capcom, there's this thing here. Would you consider looking at it? Can you please take a look at it? This might make everybody's experience great, a lot more fun. I can't wait to play more games of this online. This will be amazing, blah, 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 blah. If they come out and say they're not doing everything, okay, go for it. Go in there and start yelling at them. Start yelling at them at that point in time because there's no more excuse at that point, right? But... With this, and that's why I think the long-term ramifications of this is I really do think it forces their hand to do something. I really, really do. So I, I think that's very, very important uh, that they actually uh, need to fix this. They, they, they have to fix this. But for the people who are using it right now, who are just using the patch and having fun with it right now, uh, enjoy it with responsibility. Uh, like I said, I am empathetic towards everybody else who has a terrible experience. Uh, use the patch only when you're playing other people that you know are patched. Set yourself to PC only if you are going to play on the patch version. You don't want to bother taking it out. Uh, or if you are empathetic enough and you are playing regular ranked on PC, turn off the patch. Uh, turn off the mod, I should say. 
So that way uh, you're not ruining everybody else's experience, right? So that's how I feel about it, but we'll see what we'll see what happens with that. So uh, Blue Shirt Hero made this patch. <laughs> I know that's a reference to some meme, and I can't remember who that is. So uh, I mean, they may ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist, but there's no way. There's no way that Capcom can pretend it doesn't exist. There's no way that they don't know <laughs> something out there uh, that exists. Oh, the guy who spoke at the Azusa meeting. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But that's my take on the whole entire situation. This thing is uh, its great to see. It's obviously not going to be perfect, right? Because this is something that someone had to make while reverse engineering a DLL and uh, trying to do it the best of his abilities, right? It's not gonna be 100% magic bullet. It's not gonna fix everybody's experiences. You're still gonna have lag if you, you can't fight, you can't fix distance and internet connections, right? If you have a shitty internet connection, it, you're not going to have a better situation playing other people. Is it going to be a better situation than before? Probably. Is it going to be the best experience? No, right? That's impossible. It's not the magic bullet. But if it improves the majority of people's uh, enjoyment and their connectivity, which most people have reported that it is working like a wonderful, wonderful, amazing thing, then absolutely, absolutely, uh, we need to get this implemented right away right away and i think by having it released it does kind of force capcom into uh having to react to this and i think that's cool i think that's very important i think that's important i really really hope that this brings about some positive change coming up very soon so uh if they do decide to implement it definitely expect uh ono to tweet about it at some point in time uh, if they don't uh, expect to fix it, you definitely expect somebody else to tweet about it. In any case, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, um, we're going to do a Q&A session where people can continue talking to me about this topic. I'm just going to, I haven't looked at the chat much during this Chen Reaction section, but during the next section is all Q&A where I just interact with the chat and we talk about this netcode stuff and everything like that. If you're watching this for on YouTube, check for the, look for the video uh, for the Q&A stuff. Um, also uploaded to this channel as well. Uh, but if you're here on Twitch, don't go anywhere. We will be right back after this break. And uh, thank you again for watching the Chenzor Dynasty, the Chen Reaction here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. If you do like this content, please like, subscribe, donate, bits, all that stuff. I've got a Patreon and everything, even though I haven't been doing anything with a Patreon. But uh, I'm, I'm going to try to fix that hopefully soon. So I'll be right back, guys. I'll be right back. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Chenzor Dynasty. I am James Chen, your host, aka Jay Chenzor, and we have been talking about the Street Fighter Netcode fan-made mod that uh, apparently has improved everybody's experience in the game, uh, as long as you play against other players who also have the mod. Now, if you have the mod on yours, you're always going to experience a better play. Uh, there have been matches where everybody all of a sudden slows down and it looks like it's molasses and underwater. I saw that happen to Automatic at some point in time. 
Um, but for the most part, it'll improve your experience. Now, if you play against someone else who doesn't have the patch, you'll probably ruin their experience, etc., etc. But um, we talked all about that. I kind of want to do a Q&A section right now where I just talk to you guys and uh, you bring up some points to me, questions to me, etc., etc. Uh, Tamich even mentioned earlier uh, that apparently the guy... Why am I wearing this? That the guy even has a uh, improvement to the patch all ready to go. Um, so there you go. Um, so maybe we'll even get even a better patch at some point in time. But if you have questions, uh, yeah, those underwater games occurs as infected jazz, but sometimes, but they're very rare. But if you do have any questions or anything that you want to discuss about or bring up another interesting point for me to, to go over and such, uh, just type at jchenzor in the chat. Uh, yeah, mod, mod, sorry, the mod. Uh, can you talk about the Street Fighter Alpha series scene and how the FGC scene felt about each game? Um, that's a very different topic, but sure, I guess when things are rolling in, I can mention that. Alpha 1 was not received very well. Alpha 1 was a very, uh, it was a scrubby game. It was very much, you could tell, catered for beginners, but people were just happy that we got something that wasn't a Street Fighter 2. The artwork looked nice, but the game was very unbalanced, and uh, some characters were too strong. Everyone played it because it was cool to have something new, finally. But clearly the game was... It was, like, horribly imbalanced, and uh, they did so many things to try to make the game more beginner-friendly... And uh, Alpha 2 fixed a lot of that, but Alpha 2 at first was very confusing because people hated uh, the custom combos, and then people were okay with them, then they hated them, and then they were okay with them. That was like in the span of three days. Alpha 3 was just so bizarre and weird. It took a while for a lot of people to get used to, but for the most part, uh, a lot of people liked it until obviously it got broken by crouch canceling. So uh, Anime Lover asks, why did Green get more stuff in Teppin? Search me, dude. Screw gold orb. <laughs> to hell with gold orb. Um, are you saying it was the SFV of the 90s? Is that so rich? What a lot of people don't even realize is that this is the pattern all the time. They're always doing this. This is just like how it's always been. The only reason why Street Fighter 4 wasn't that to the degree of a lot of the other games was because Seth was working on it, right? If Seth wasn't working on it, I'm sure the game would have been super, super basic. I played a very original beta version of that game, and it was not good. Um, so Alpha 1, very much catered to beginners, right? Uh, CVS 1, very much catering to, to beginners. There was only four buttons in CVS 1. They were trying to make the game so that it was friendly to play on consoles. There was only four buttons in that game. And they just realized that it, it couldn't fly that way, so they switched it to six buttons in CVS 2. Uh, Alpha 1 also didn't have proximity normals. They gave everyone chain combos, so Ken could do low short, low short, low forward, stand roundhouse as a combo, so that everybody could do combos, right? They took away all those chain combos, but then they added in custom combos so that you could activate custom combo and go uppercut as a combo. So basically, they kept trying to find ways to make it so that everybody could do combos. Alpha 3 was like the version of Alpha where they were just basically like, you know what? 
screw it, this game is complicated. Deal with it. Because in Alpha 1, they also had Alpha counters, which were terrible. Oh, God. Uh, any news on the new Guilty Gear? Nothing right now. And yes, they do have to fix this netcode or it might mess up the Olympics qualifiers for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, the new Guilty Gear, yeah, there will be new stuff at, at Frosty Faustings next week. They've already announced that we're going to see a lot more of what Faust is going to do, which is so great because Elven Shadow runs that tournament. It's called Frosty Faustings for a reason. That's Elven Shadow's main character. And the fact that Ark Revo and Arxis was uh, smart enough to save Faust for Elven Shadow, I think is amazing, dude. I think it's amazing. So... Uh, could you say that CVS1 had four buttons to cater to SNK players? That could be, but even still then, SNK players had situations where you could hit two buttons at the same time to do a stronger attack, right? Like, that didn't exist in uh, CVS at all. They didn't do that at all, so. Yes, they are both in Illinois. They are both in Illinois. Uh, if there is a Street Fighter Six on the horizon, and again... If you guys want to ask me the any questions about the um, about that netcode stuff, any other stuff about the netcode, I'm getting a lot of questions about other things here. But if there's a Street Fighter Six on the horizon, what does it have to do in order for it to be successful and beloved in the scene? <laughs> uh, people aren't gonna like my answer. They're not gonna like my answer. But the answer to that question is don't listen to people. <laughs> don't listen to people. Have a vision for your game. Have a vision for your game. Make the game how you want to make the game. Be Daisuke. Be Mori. Have somebody know what they want out of the game and make that game. Street Fighter V Season 1 was the way it was because all they did, shoutouts to Silent Assassin for the continued subscriptions. Uh, 18 months. Wow, nice. Thank you. Um, basically, Street Fighter V was designed because uh, they tried to fix all the things that everybody hated in Street Fighter 4. Everybody hated Invincible Backdashes. Everybody hated Uppercut FADC. Everybody hated Crouch Tech. So what did they do? They added the priority system. They added crush counters. They made Backdashes no longer invincible. They did all these things. Street Fighter 5 Season 1 was a direct reaction to what everybody hated about Street Fighter 4. So basically, you end up with, you know, the Homer Simpson car, right? You, you end up with that car when you first create the game like that because you're listening to what everybody wants and it doesn't, it's not a cohesive product. All those things that fixed the problems in Street Fighter 4 all combined together to form something that didn't mesh particularly well. The, the, their goal of also removing proximity normals and neutral jump attacks and stuff like that did not gel with the priority system, did not gel with the crush counters, did not gel, you know, etc., etc. And you just ended up in this weird game. Now that they kind of know what the game plays like and knows what's hap know what's happening, you can clearly see it. Like, if you've played Lucia, one of the reasons why she's so fascinating to me is if you actually played Lucia you can see how carefully crafted she is. That this only combos into that, that that only combos into this and these situations, that this button only gives you plus this, that this button is this. Like, they crafted her so intricately based off of the Street Fighter V engine, which is why I think she's so fun and, and, and cool to play and why I think she's one of the most creative characters in the game. 
I think proximity normals are absolutely necessary in Street Fighter. I would still like to see proximity normals in Street Fighter V. I had a whole rant about that. I had a whole uncensored about that on YouTube on why proximity normals. I, I, I talked about it for like two hours about why proximity normals need to be back in Street Fighter V. I still think they need to be. As much as I like Street Fighter V right now as it is, I would want it to have proximity normals. I absolutely need them. So, um... What did you I mean with Chun-Li's face a little earlier? Oh, someone asked me if I could explain why Chun-Li's face was so ugly. Yeah, I mean, for MVCI, I blame everything on Marvel. You know, they probably had a direction that they wanted. The, I wouldn't even be surprised if Marvel was like, make your characters look uglier than ours or something like that. Because the fact that they, you couldn't even beat up on Marvel characters in any of the MVCI trailers. Like, you literally couldn't beat up on any of the Marvel characters. Like, they always had to be winning. <laughs> And uh, also just how much dev time and how much uh, budget, etc., etc. Uh, add one proximity normal to Street Fighter V and it's Cammy's close heavy kick. God, I would be so mad. I would be so mad if that's what it was. <laughs> oh, man. I really do think Marvel did a, a number. Marvel slash Disney did a number to MVCI. Um... It was even hard just to even be able to, you know, like, just, just to get anything done for MVCI. You had to wait for Marvel to approve of everything. They had to approve of everything. So, uh, proximity normals, you see, everyone always says it takes away your control, but it really doesn't. The only time proximity normals take away your control of your normal was when they were implemented poorly in Street Fighter 4. Street Fighter 4 ruined proximity normals because they ruined the proximity distance on a lot of those buttons. But like when I play Super Turbo, I almost never have any problem coming out with the move that I want. Like that's almost never an issue, right? When I played all the other games that had proximity normals, it was never an issue. Guilty Gear, it's barely an issue. There's only one proximity normal for every character, but it's there, and it's never really an issue. You really do have a lot more control over what normals you want than you think. Like, if they design the moves properly, the move... And, and plus the other thing, too, is that moves that are... And again, you're, you're gutting me into my Uncensored again. Moves that are close-up moves need to be fast. They need to be buff. Close-up moves need to be stronger than far moves in a lot of different frame data ways, right? Priority ways, because they need to function as close-up moves. And you don't want to be able to use them at range, because as soon as you do that, you get Season 1 and 2 Laura standing medium kick. You get Akuma stand medium kick. You get Kami standing medium punch. You get, all, you get Rashid standing medium punch. You get Abigail standing medium punch. Those are all close-up moves, but they work amazing in footsies because if you don't have proximity normals, you don't have enough normal buttons to play a meaningful neutral game, so you gotta make those close-up buttons also work as far buttons, and they still have to function as a close-up button, so you still have to give them the busted frame data, and now they're way overpowered, right? That's the thing, is if you actually design games with proximity normals, you can craft a far more intricate footsie game. You can create a far more intricate footsie game because now you don't need to have moves double purpose. You don't need to make a move be a close-up move and a far move at the exact same time. 
you could make a move function as a close-up move and then have another button that functions as a footsie button. But the problem is you don't have the uh, variety of footsies that I feel like you could have if you had proximity normals. That's, uh, that's what I'm talking about right now. So, um, yeah, you get more combos, you get a lot more interesting routes. Like right now, if I'm a character and you go up close, what's your option? You don't have an option. You just have strong and jab and light kick, right? They have to have a certain frame data. You don't get a close-up medium kick that can function for something different because it needs to be your Karen or Cammy far poke. Right? So now this button is completely useless at close-up. You don't get that move. You don't get six buttons to use for a variety of purposes when you're playing footsies far and six buttons when you play close-up anymore. Right? You, you lose those kind of things. Like Ryu doesn't have his close-up standing heavy punch. So I can't do heavy punch uppercut for more damage anymore because heavy punch only does this now because he needs a far-ranging, far-ranged heavy punch from far away and it's going to be really slow. So it's harder to hit people when they whiff uppercut, you know, like there's just all these little things about it that if you actually split the moves into two categories, and again, they were in Street Fighter 2. And that's another reason why I think proximity normals are so important because if you play Street Fighter 2, like, they, they were designing it, and they probably didn't have proximity normals. That's completely unintuitive as a design, right? It's completely unintuitive, but as they were probably making that game and testing it, they were probably like, this move is useless at close range. Why don't we make it so that we have moves that are more useful when you're fighting up close? Yeah, it's going to be weird, but you know what? It, it makes the game flow better, right? And so you end up with a game that flows better, right? The, 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 the misbelief that not having proximity normals makes the game easier to learn and you're in more control is actually false. I actually think you're far less in control of what you can do in the game if, if, you, know, if, if you play it that way, right? Like, why can't I have a cami anti-air roundhouse and a far roundhouse at the same time? So, uh, have I ever programmed netcode or networking applications? Uh, I have, WaveGen. Uh, I have definitely programmed a lot of network stuff before. Um, I've had to do a lot of network things. I had to create a UI client that works with a database with our server that you know contacted it, grabbed all the information from there. Uh, the guy who was doing the network side of things, who clearly knew a lot more than I did, uh, wrote all the, the data transfer objects and all the stuff, and he wrote all the APIs that I would call into, and we had to do all the stuff. I've done a lot of network uh, talk. I've done a lot of network coding before, so uh, there you go. Let me see if I missed any questions anywhere. <laughs> Not to mention the resulting stubby normals in the game. Yeah, Vulgar Ape, that was part of my Uncensored as well. You end up having characters without far, far, far range normals because when you did with Chun-Li standing heavy punch in Season 1, it was so dominant that they had to nerf it because it was the only actual pre-Street Fighter V existing far range normal attack that they had to nerf it in order for it to be fair, right? But if everybody had those buttons, it would be interesting. It would be interesting, but you can't because so many buttons have to be stubby for close proximity. So you have to now all of a sudden make it so you have to nerf far range moves. So if a move of claw has a towards fierce, it has to be minus 784 on block. You know what I mean? Otherwise it's clearly broken and nobody will be able to fight you. And so you end up with a bunch of stubby characters.
Yeah, and again, Street Fighter 4 ruined Proximity Normal. Street Fighter 4 was probably the worst one in terms of the distances where Rufus would get to a range where this he would switch to the button and to the close-up one and it just wouldn't even hit. Like, that's just bad programming. That happens in Super Turbo. Cammy has a close-up strong that triggers in a lot of ranges where it just doesn't hit. But um, I think they wanted that so it could be used sort of as an anti-air and stuff like that. And But again, that's just testing and designing a game properly. Um, Darth Proto Man, if I ever make a fighting game, I'm calling you to check that up. Okay, no problem. Was CVS 2 considered boring to watch back in the day, and do you think that KOF style could work with Street Fighter today? CVS 2 was considered very boring to watch back in the day. Everybody hated it, and it was super slow, and it was a Sagat Low Fierce. That was the game. It was Sagat, Blanca, Terry Low Fierce, the game, basically. And uh, people hated it. People hated watching CVS2. Nowadays, everybody has the belief that CVS2 was like super exciting, fast-paced, amazing action, greatest fighting game of all time. It's gotten better because with the proliferation of role canceling, people figured it out. And as long as you give game any game a long time to live, it generally just gets more enjoyable and people start finding more weird, broken stuff with other characters. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, I had a 30-minute, two-out-of-three match in CVS2 at Southern Hills Golfland versus Genghis, the MVC2 player. Uh, because it was so hard to get in, we both played like Super Turtle characters that neither of them could get in on each other. And so basically, the majority of our match was us sitting there. And in fact, in game number three... I got so bored that I walked forward when I saw him lose his charge with Blanca and I jumped and he immediately neutral jumped fierce at me and the entire audience went, what are you doing? Why are you moving forward? And so I went back and crouched there and that match, which was two out of three in CVS 2, took over 30 minutes. That was a 30 minute match for a two out of three for the two of us to play. Each one of our matches that we played it was two to one. It was over 10 minutes for each of the matches that we played. It was crazy, crazy. Uh, I did get my Teppen patch, uh, packs and I have already downloaded Street Fighter V PC, so I have it already. Alpha 2 not have proximity normals, but not have the stubby button issue. Uh, it did not have the, uh, proximity normals, but it still was a little stubby. Um, that game was just, I don't know. My problem is I'm not the biggest fan of Alpha 2, so I don't want to, like, talk about it. Like, it didn't matter. The game sucked anyway. Um, but... In general, the other thing, too, is that you also have to remember that in those older games, pushback on block was a lot bigger, and uh, special moves and normals had the same hit stun and block stun, and special moves were a lot buffer back then. So stuff like Saddam Jite, like the jab, Jite reached like a good chunk of the screen and was completely safe on block, Push the opponent away to ranges where it couldn't hit you. You know, guy had a lot of good elbow runs and stuff like that. It's the way the games were designed was a lot different. So Street Fighter V, with the difference in the hit stun and the block stun, and um, just the overall design of it makes it so that the proximity normals I think are a lot more necessary. So. 
There was only 10 players at KIT for MVC3? That sucks, dude. That sucks. Uh, remember when we used to do 4 of 7 for CVS1 Grand Finals? Oh, God, Saber. And you know what? I was the first person at Southern Hills Golf Land to do 4 ratio 1s. Because I played the game and I was like, clearly this is the best. <laughs> clearly 4 ratio 1s is the best way to go. So I played Yuri, Vice... Kami and uh, I can't remember who the last one I used. Benny Maru. That was my team. I was the four ratio one guy. I, for the first tournament we went in there, I played four ratio ones. And so once that started proliferating and everybody was doing four ratio ones, dude, the match took freaking forever. Oh my God, it took forever. And then we had grand finals before out of seven. Yeah, oh man. Oh God. CVS2 Hibiki, yeah, she's pretty good. She's pretty good. I will say this, CVS2 and NorCal has always been exciting. As much as I'm kind of ranting about it and saying CVS2 was kind of boring, uh, NorCal CVS2 was always exciting, was always the best. Uh, those guys made the game amazing. It was so good. But outside of that, oh, God, if you do East Coast CVS2, God. I mean, I saw, it was at Super Arcade, I saw Justin and Flo play a match of CVS2, and Justin, ratio one Vega, uh, Flo's entire team, and Flo could never get in, and Justin just sat there and roundhouse anti-aired everything, and every time he got close, he flew off the wall, couldn't catch him, and he just ran away for three whole characters, and it was, there was also the very famous Justin Wong versus Steve Harrison match, where the first character lost and the second characters came in and they both crouched back. And here's the thing, right? The, the character came in with the full one. The other character had low health, right? Character with low health had really no reason to beat up the other guy because then he would have gained more health back, right? And, uh, and he didn't want to attack because he didn't want to take any damage because his character couldn't get in on Honda, right? So Justin just crouched there. Steve Harrison just crouched there. And they crouched for 99 seconds. They literally crouched for 99 seconds. There was literally no logical reason for either player to actually go in against each other. If Justin tried to go in on Honda, he would have taken too much damage, so he stayed back, right? And there was no reason for Honda to try to go in and do damage because if he actually damaged her and died right away because he had no life, she would gain most of that health back because you gain more health based off of how much timer you had left. So the more timer you had, you gain more health. So if he went in and died, she would get all the health back anyway. So why would he want to just go in there and attack? So he just sat there. And was like, you know what? I'd rather sit here and wait for you to come in at me so I can do damage to you and the timer will go to zero and you'll gain none of that life back than to go and kill myself or anything like that. So I'm going to see if you come in at me. And Justin's like, I have no reason to come in at you. So they crouched there for 99 seconds on the opposite side of the screen. They crouched there for 99 seconds <laughs> on the opposite side of the screen. Man. God. Ugh. Has there ever been a very distance variable to damage hit stun? I don't know what you mean by that, uh, Tag Man Inc. I don't know what that question do. You, uh, what that question is? Actually, you know what? Interestingly, Water Kirby, I never even thought about that. I didn't even think about that. There might be some announcements at Evo Japan. I I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. Uh, they didn't get the double DQ because Honda had no life, so he lost by timer. 
So Honda lost by life, and Sakura moved on to the next round, and then they both had full life, and then they fought again at that point in time. Shoutouts to Ghostwalk1211 with the Twitch Prime sub. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um... Oh, I think that match is actually online, Zesus. I'm not sure if it anywhere, if it is somewhere. I don't know if it actually is out there. Um, uh, did Evo Chan Yeah, Evo Japan announced a bunch of stuff last year. They did, they did. So critical. And again, if you want to ask me questions, please type at Jay Chenzor in the chat. Or if you want to use those, um, this weird bead thing down there at the bottom you can use 380 of your points to highlight your message like this use at jay chenzor in chat to make sure you get my attention pew there you go so that's that way it works too so wow so v for charlie says that he tried it from utah to north carolina and it worked that's awesome okay okay um, was Street Fighter EX series a thing in the West Coast? Not really. At least not that I was aware of. I never really knew about an EX scene out here at all, so. Yeah, hopefully Evil Japan shows a trailer of Seth. That would make sense. That's true. Evil Japan is two weekends. Not this weekend, not the next weekend, but the weekend after that. So technically three weekends from now, although this we're super close to this one right here. Why is Legendary Felicia stupid? I actually don't think she's that broken anime lover. I think she works better in a non-ascension deck. She works best in a non as Like, she would be more useful in a grow deck than she is in an ascension deck. Because the problem is, when you play her and ascend something else, a lot of times it pulls out two ascension cards, and they don't get ascended. And so basically, they actually end up doing nothing. They're actually weakened versions. I actually honestly think Felicia would be more broken in non-ascension decks than she would be in an ascension deck. Because I made an ascension deck, and I put my legendary Felicia in there, and I had all my cards out there. None of them were ascension ones, so I couldn't use any of my other things that required three ascensions. And I was like, I can't do anything. And I finally got a Felicia. I was like, finally, I'm going to use her and ascend something so I can build up the ascension stats. And I played her, and she randomly pulled out two ascension cards, including my legendary Karen, and threw her out there. And so they weren't ascended. And I was like, what the hell? And I was super mad about that. So. How's my Lucia going? Uh, my Lucia's going okay. I haven't played her that much because every time I tried to play her online, it was awful experience and it made me very sad. <laughs> so I haven't really been able to have a chance to play her much. I haven't played her offline much either. So um, it's it's it is what it is right now. Uh, it's 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 not strong and it's not weak. I clearly know what I'm doing with the character, and I'll be hovering around the ultra gold platinum level for a very, very long time. Uh, but uh, I won't be getting past that at, at any point in time soon uh, because I just don't play enough with her, unfortunately. Atomic Number says, um, How's it going? I'm training for a half marathon at Evo in Nevada. Whoa! It's going to be at midnight in near the Era 51 highway. You want to run 13 miles? Whoo, no, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> because I need sleep. <laughs> I need sleep at Evo. <laughs> um, Papalico, Papa, Papalico asks, and I already talked about this on the Chen reaction portion of this, how will Capcom react to this person mod that the online better for Street Fighter V? We don't know yet. 
but I do think it forces their hand. There's absolutely zero way they can pretend it doesn't exist. If they do, we riot, right? We can yell. If they say they're not going to do anything about it, we can riot. We can yell. I think that if I were Capcom, I think the only choice is to try to implement something yourself that's similar to the fix so that you can roll it out to the PC and PS4. I really think that's their only course of action. Uh, so I really hope that that's what they do. Um, they could ignore it. But like I said, I think that gives us all carte blanche to, to kind of be very, very mad about it. I really do think we can be super mad about it. So, uh, Also, the other thing, too, is that uh, I can't run very well, have very flat feet. I think I've mentioned this before. When I get out of the swimming pool and I walk on the floor, you see the full footprint instead of the, instead of the arch leaving the little gap over there. I have very flat feet. And it makes it so that it hurts when I run. In order for me to do a marathon, I would have to go and get some, you know, orthopedics and, you know, make sure I find the perfect shoe for me, etc., etc., like that. So uh, I'm sure I can go to, like, a New Balance store or something like that, and they could find the right shoes for me and stuff like that. I just haven't done done any of that yet. So you recently read my Capcom versus SNK fact. That's cool. Was it one or two altered beastie? Because if you read number two, that means you started probably six months ago. So uh, SF5 server is updating the 14th. Uh, I hope they don't ban the patch. If they do that, that would be terrible. <laughs> I don't think they're going to fix it. Bizarro Mike said someone significant at Capcom is aware now of the patch. Okay, good, good. I hope he's right. I mean, he's not at Capcom anymore, but I'm sure he still talks to a lot of people there uh, and stuff. So, uh, rollback netcode will be the standard. It will be the standard at one point in time. We won't have the flat earther anti rollback netcode people out there anymore. Um, <coughs> am I going to be commentating at Evo Japan? Uh, not sure yet. <laughs> It's coming up pretty soon. No, actually, uh, you know, I don't know if we can say anything about that yet. And to be honest with you, uh, whether I'm commentating there or not, uh, I'm probably not allowed to say yet. And uh, honestly, I only really found out uh, like maybe a couple days ago. Anyway, that's how it works. Um, do you think that Seth is the last character? I hope not. And I don't think that this is... I don't think if... It, a lot of people are saying Street Fighter 6 in 2021. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I, don't, I think Street Fighter 5 will still keep going in 2021. And I'd rather have that happen anyway. Because Street Fighter 5 certainly could have used one more year of baking before it came out. So whatever year they plan to release Street Fighter 5, a 6, push it back one year and then release it. I'm willing to wait, especially because I really do like how Street Fighter V is going right now. So uh, I really do uh, enjoy. I do enjoy the game a lot right now. I do not believe 2020 is the last year of Street Fighter V. Vs. Fernandez, I really, really do. Uh, where, where, and when was that pick of you and David that you used for YouTube show taken? It was at a. It was at a Texas showdown. It was a Texas showdown that it was taken. It's a great picture. Uh, I want to get a new picture. Uh, for reasons or another, I don't want to use that picture anymore. But it is a great picture. But uh, reasons, I don't want to use that picture anymore. So, um, 
for any other questions. Is there a fighting game mechanic that has not been implemented into the game that you would like to see or would be cool? Um, that's a tough one, actually. Because I've come up with a lot of crazy mechanics in my brain. Um, man, if I've only had the chance to make my own fighting game. The stuff that I could do, dude. Oh, man, I want to make some crazy-ass fighting games. I want to make some good-ass fighting games, man. I want to make some good-ass fighting games. Uh, they, won't, they wouldn't be simple. They wouldn't be beginner-friendly, I'll tell you that much. They would definitely not be beginner-friendly. <laughs> Body damage, limb damage, probably too complicated. Um, dude, if they fix the netcode and add the cabre, uh, I would pref just prefer to play Street Fighter V instead of S SF6. <laughs> Serlin's SF4 concept had some crazy mechanics. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the time rewind thing, right? The time rewind stuff. Uh, Mechshen, that one video where they had, like, the replay thing in the corner. And, you know, he did the upper gun. He could replay the time image thing. Is that what you're talking about, Mechshen? Is that what you're talking about, Mechshen? Guess who made that video, Mechshen? Guess who edited that video for David Serlin? Guess who uh, he asked to make that video and did all the editing for? Because, uh, you know, they were known as a combo video maker. <laughs> Damn straight was me. I made that video. I made that video. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I am everywhere. People have no idea how much of my influence is scattered throughout all of the fighting game community. <laughs> I am everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. Someone showed me a video they put on the internet about the Duck, uh, the duck Sanford uh, match. And one of the sources they linked was this video that summarized the entire Duck Sanford uh, first to seven. Guess who made that video? <laughs> Guess who's the person who was responsible for giving everybody that scene of Sanford mashing the buttons and going, Argh! Guess who's responsible for that? Someone else filmed it, but guess who made that video? Guess who made that video? Hmm, let me think about that one. <laughs> Cats are awesome. Cats are awesome. What's the difference between Kame and Dekabre? Uh, very different. At least in Street Fighter 4, they played very, very different from each other. Uh, very different. Uh, do I have kids in Costa Rica? <laughs> Little did you know, Bill Hicks. My cats are super friendly. Yes, I did the X-Men vs. Street Fighter video, yes, with the Gwen Stefani song. And to this day, some people still say it's one of the best trailers ever made. Because it's just like the, the, the editing, the excitement, and the, the way that I synced everything to the music and all that stuff like that. Oh. 
Uh, who's the most spoiled? This guy. This guy is spoiled, dude. I give him belly rubs and shit all the time, dude. This cat is so spoiled. Dude. Um, <laughs> reported. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, let me see here. So yeah, Dogface was a big fan of X-Men vs. Street Fighter. He ran the X-Men vs. Street Fighter side tournament um, at... Uh, he ran the X-Men vs. Street Fighter tournament at a side tournament at EVO. And he asked me to make a trailer for him. Oh, there it is. Oh, but why is it playing on that? That is weird. What is, what's a WMV format? What the hell plays this? Ah, this does play it. Nice. Okay, okay. Let's see here. Uh, we'll shrink this to this size over here. Uh, video, zoom, original, there we go. Wow, this thing is so small. God, these videos I used to make, this video is 360 by 240. This video is 360 by 240. All right. This was the uh, trailer that I made. Let me know if you guys can hear this. I'm going to turn down the Street Fighter V background. Can you hear it?
I was also king of the stinger. I always put a stinger at the end of everything that I did. <laughs> I put a stinger at the end of everything I did, man. Um, let me see here. God, really one of these days I should just go through all these videos, man. Just so you guys can see all the crazy stuff that I used to do. Oh, man. Oops, that's not what I want to do. God, I've output all these things in freaking uh, WMV back in the day, man. This was actually the best format a long time ago. It was crazy, dude. It's actually crazy. Uh, let's see here. This video I've always enjoyed just because I love the background music that I used for this. So if anybody can actually accurately tell me what the background music for this is, uh, you will win a prize. Uh, though I'm sure a lot of people probably will be able to recognize this. It's becoming one, DJ Blues. It wasn't supposed to be. Real media sucked. Quick time did suck too. That's how they did it, dude. They sat on the floor. Hey, look, it's Chris Matrix. Vegas. Apoc. This was game number one.
Great camera work, by, by the way, by Derek DeSells. If you ever see the night vision, that's me. That's, that's literally me recording sitting on the stage. was considered big back then too. He's just bigger now. Arturo Sanchez, actual young art. about this video man like you you guys don't even know you guys don't even know the kind of shit that I did when I edited this video like I can show you so many tricks and this is actually why I've always considered myself to be an amazing amazing uh, Evo I'm an editor I've always considered myself a really good editor I wanted to start this video with the line that Chris Lee has here that he says it's not about the hate it's about the height. So again, all this nighttime footage is shot about me. So I have this footage here of these two sitting down. I wanted them that I wanted to show the handshake when Chris Lee says this, right? Yes. Not about the hate. It's about the hype. So I edit. That's not actually when Chris Lee said that. It was not when they did this handshake. I did it. I matched them here. But the thing about it is, later on, I go back in time and do more stuff. And because I did more stuff, I just edited this scene in here of Duck standing up. Like, why did I do that? Why did I put that in there? Was solely just to make everything fit together. Because I cut away, and when I cut back to them, Duck is standing up over there off to the side, right? You see Duck standing there off to the side over here? 
So I made sure to edit a scene of him standing up just so in your brain he's standing up now that it's not jarring that he's over there. When I actually first edited it and I didn't have that stand-up, the transition of duck from the floor to over there was jarring. And so I was like, all right, you know what, I'm going to fix that. And then, I, and then when Chris Lee says, how many of y'all out there rooting for Sanford, right? When he says that, he actually doesn't say it here. <laughs> I waited till he put his uh, mouth, microphone to his mouth and I dubbed in this line here. Because he's, it, there's this big long pause before he actually says that and it took too long so I cut it out a little bit. And so I edited it in there, and then I edited them all cheering over here and stuff like that. And see, and then the cool part is, like, see, now Duck is standing the whole time. He does that whole thing where he does the boxing pose and everything, and he sits down, and that's when they shake hands. But that doesn't fit the, 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 the flow of the video properly. So I spliced it up into a different order. The other thing that I like is all the night vision stuff is me recording from my camcorder. All the color stuff is Derek DeSalle's recording on his super fancy camera. But the way that I cut between the two, I love the way that I cut between the two. Like watch when... Watch when uh, Duck does the stretch here. Watch when he does the boxing stuff here, like this. Uh, uh. And then I swap over to the, the finished boxing in the other view to show him to sit down. I just, I, I, like, this is why I used to make combo videos. I'm really good at this. I, like, I didn't switch cameras after the action or before the action. I switched it in between Oh, during the action and it made it flow that much better you know it makes it flow that much better and like when you actually and like I purposely took scenes of them looking frustrated you know this part over here and then like I purposely spliced in two parts where the coaches are talking to each other because I wanted to give the impression that this thing was just been going forever and like how much that these guys are like stressing out and stuff like that so like I did, this was all in Adobe After Effects. This was all Adobe After Effects. I used to love making trailers and stuff like this all the time. But this again, this is all Derek DeSalle's. This camera work is brilliant. Like he zooms in on the face, pans over to Sanford, zooms in on the eyes. It's so good. Like that whole thing is so good. But then even when you watch like when Duck throws off his shirt over here, like he throws off his shirt over here, the cut, you see the shirt land in the crowd, pan over, you see Sanford, you see him stretch, cut back during the stretch, like not after the stretch, but like I cut back during the stretch and you can see Sanford over here. And then I switch to, 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 to Viscat over there and stuff like that. You know, it's just, and then I gave everybody that shot of Sanford, etc., etc. Uh, I was just, I mean, like, honestly, like, I really did feel like I was super, super good at editing back in the day. 
So, um, these, this one is on YouTube. It's on Tony Cannon's YouTube, and I think it might be on the official Evo channel as well. Um, I plan to upload... I have so many combo videos. You don't even... You guys don't even know the history that I have. Um, I have an external hard drive sitting right here. See this external hard drive right here? See this hard drive right there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I perp trust me, I did that on purpose, too. But um, if I just do this here, I'll show you guys this. One of these days, I'm just going to have to do a history episode where I just go through everything that I have, dude. I'll just have to go through everything that I have here. Uh, so here's uh, my hard drive. So that's this, my book I. So if I go into my book I over here, I have this folder called storage over here, right? So uh, let's go into storage over here. And trust me, I don't have anything on here that's embarrassing. I'm not going to expose myself to something weird on here. So storage, and then if I go to video, and then if I go to uh, video game multimedia, I've got... Documenter I've got documents over here. I've got game previews. So I have like all these old uh, Capcom fighting all-star videos. I've got Choo Choo Rocket. I've got even got a DDR. I don't even know why I have this. Uh, perfect plays. These are from other games and whatever like that. Uh, a lot of pictures. Theater, like uh, one-up show stuff about different things and everything. Uh, unsorted videos. I didn't know how to categorize these or I didn't categorize them. But here's a bunch of matches from a tournament called Absolution that took place in 2004. Here's a bunch of Acho tournament footage. Here's Guilty Gear Exerd Reload. Uh, there are 133 videos in here. Uh, I <laughs> You saw the... Choo Choo Rocket. Uh, they have Mark of the Wolves videos. I have four over here. They have Senko no Ronde match videos over here. I have Super Turbo Acho footage. Third Strike videos. I've got 33 over here. Uh, Ayanami Lilith made combo videos. Uh, uh, this is not actually Bang the Machine. These are the, these are the uh, trailer preview clips that came out. Uh, Boss made a bunch of combo videos. Uh, Bug Rave made a bunch of combo videos. Uh, Capcom Fighting Evolution. Here's Kinha matches, official Capcom videos. Random combo videos, random matches. Uh, this is Kim who now works at Capcom. He made a bunch of CVS2 videos. Uh, there's a DVT Storm 2, EX Groove Infinites, Fighters Cafe, a French site, Harvest, Japanese casual matches, tournaments, Justin Kanagawa, uh, Mem Combos, uh, Namanonaki, which is David Dial, uh, Playtown Rook, random combo videos, random matches, SBO qualifiers, Sunnyvale Golfland tournaments, Xbox Live, Zero Crew, Zero Blue, combo videos, Storm videos, combovideos.com. Uh, which was a website that was started by Tragic a long time ago. Dark Templars made a bunch of videos. Desk, a bunch of old desk videos. DJB13, Family Fun Arcade, uh, MVC2, and some Third Strike matches here. I've got Fatal Fury 3 random matches. Fighters.net. Uh, a bunch of people who worked on God of War were a part of Fighters.net. 
uh, GameCombos.com, another one that, uh, I think this one was the one that Tragic made? Oh, Tragic made that one. Combo Videos was made by Madge. Madge made that one, Majestros. Game Trailers, Game Wave, Guilty Gear. This is my Guilty Gear obsession. I watch so much XX Reload and Slash videos. I have so much stuff over here. There's a UCLA tournament. Here's a bunch of my stuff. Camwe and Moprim. Uh, true story, Camwe is Adam Dietz. Adam Dietz and his brother Samuel Dietz uh, worked on the Castlevania anime that is on Netflix right now and on uh, Seis Manos, uh, which is also on Netflix right now. Camwe uh, Adam Dietz is, is his real name. So the Castlevania cartoon was made partly by some fighting game people. Yeah, it's actually really cool. Uh, King of the Fighters. King, King of Fighters. It's King of Fighters, James. Not King of the Fighters. God. KYSG, My Combo, Personal Combo, God. Uh, Lezard, Liquid Metal, Mario Kart DS stuff. A bunch of uh, um, uh, MVC2 stuff, including two videos called No Skill that uh, I think Flo created that he didn't think anybody had anymore until I was like, you mean these videos? And he was like, what the hell? You have these videos? Yeah, uh, Magnetro, of course, does all the... Make Yo Sisui, which was the best combo videos for MVC2, the best combo MVC2 combo video makers for the time. Mike Z did a bunch of combo videos. He was obsessed with uh, MVC2 and Guilty Gear combo videos. Uh, a bunch of Mortal Kombat stuff, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum, NKI, Orichinagi, Persona used to make combo videos, Psychodo, Cyrek has like the crazy CVS2 thing that's like every character and like each of these videos are like crazy long and stuff like this. Uh, I've got even a Samurai Showdown Tanka video? What the hell? I've got random Sega Shoryuken.com, Sonic Hurricane, a bunch of Street Fighter Alpha 3 stuff, Third Strike. Look at all this Third Strike stuff I have. And uh, see, this is the worst part is I have a reputation for hating Third Strike. I used to love watching Third Strike. I watched so much Third Strike back in the day. Man, this was before Tatsunoko vs. Capcom. This collection was before Tatsunoko vs. Capcom. So this is Super Turbo, uh, Tekken 5, uh, Tosaka, Tyrannum Tournament, Vampire stuff, X-Men uh, vs. Street Fighter over here. <laughs> X-Men Next Dimension. How many people actually remember X-Men Next Dimension, dude? How many people actually even remember that game? I actually made a combo video for that because a friend of mine worked on that game and he really wanted me to make a combo video uh, for it uh, to showcase the game. <laughs> so I actually made a combo video for it. It was on PS2 and Xbox One if I'm not mistaken. Yep, you know who I'm talking about, Saber. You know who I'm talking about. Um... Yeah, here we go. Yeah, this thing here. <laughs> Star Wars Terracassi. Mutants, the children of the atom. Men and women granted power beyond measure. Mankind, not understanding these gifts of evolution, have chosen to meet them with persecution and death. 
There are those mutants that agree with the humans that this world is too small for both species, and that one shall, by necessity, be forever stricken from the face of the earth. It's weird that it keeps doing that weird sizing thing. I don't know what's wrong with it. A world wherein man and mutant coexist in peace. They're providing a much needed balance to an all too fragile world. To that end, I have assembled those men and women willing to fight for that peace, to defend the world that fears and hates them. To that end, I, Professor Charles Xavier, Whoops, sorry. I was trying to read the chat. Good, didn't it, darling? Not sure why they gave Mystique a gun, but she has one. You're not worth my time. I totally forgot I did a gambit combo on this one. Pick a card. Pick a card. Oh, Mystique had a gun, huh? Okay, okay. <laughs> this game was really buggy, too. The combo meter would go up and down and all sorts of things like that. So I had to make sure the combos that I did did not bug the uh, did not bug the uh, combo meter. This one I couldn't make it work unless I whiffed that button there. And it, oh God, there was so many weird things I had to do. And then this combo. Yep, this is a real combo. This is a legit combo. Required the perfect distancing. Careful, my children, and good luck. Yeah, so that was that, anyway. <laughs> oh my god. Whoops. Uh, they announced the server maintenance, but I doubt it. It's like a one-hour server maintenance saber, so I don't think it's the same thing, so... The Asian Angels combo video? I'm not sure. I'm not sure which ones those are actually. But yeah, I I have so much stuff. I have so much history. 
uh, in my home. It's crazy how much fighting game history I have here, dude. Uh, which Evo trailer I made was my favorite? Oh, jeez, that's a tough one. Uh, probably the, the, the Saul Williams, the, 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 the Nike Spark training one. Just because I had so much control over doing that one and I love the song and I just think the energy in that one showed really, just was really, really good. I also really did like the, because I mean the thing about it is the ones that I made, like you can actually see it progress from not having any player footage to being more and more about the players as each one went. So I'm just naturally going to be a little bit more uh, fond of the ones that had better player uh you know, showing the players and stuff like that, so. Uh, Dr. Koo GGXX combo videos? I'm not sure, actually. That doesn't sound familiar to me. <laughs> uh, I really should upload a bunch of these stuffs. I used to make all the Evo intros, too. I used to make all the Evo intros. In fact... Probably my favorite video that I've ever made uh, outside of the, uh, the two-hit combo video was the Street Fighter 4 intro that I made for EVO in 2009. Because I just, oh god, the way that I made this trailer, like I had a vision for it. And when I created it, it just ended up so, this intro is on YouTube. This intro is definitely on YouTube. It's on my old YouTube on Jay Chenzor. Um, but uh, this one, this one was easily one of my favorite, um, yeah, it's original already. One of my favorite um, intros that I've ever made. One of my favorite videos that I've ever made. And uh, I, I should, I you know what? I, I, I'll re-show a lot of these if I do another uh, retrospective because I didn't give anyone a warning that I was doing this, so I'll do with this again, but... Oh wait, this is not the intro that I need. This is the actual intro. Hang on a second. But indestructible is not a bad thing. Indestructible, gonna, gonna make it, gonna keep it going. Indestructible. Nothing's gonna stop me now. Indestructible. Gonna, gonna make it, gonna keep it going. Oh shoot, it got stuck in the wrong thing again. Stop! Why do you keep opening up WMVs in the freaking, um... In Winamp of all things. Winamp of all things. Let me start this over again. This is easily one of my favorite things that I've ever created. And in fact, so much to the point that I, I had an audience reaction to it at the tournament itself. So here we go. Bloody 
And I still remember, too, that when, when it was revealed that it was drawing out the Ryu like that, I, the audience gasped. They were actually like, oh, it was actually super cool, and I just killed one of my cameras, damn it. I killed the wrong thing. A video, Logitech, camera over here. I'm going to have to repaste it now. Yeah. That that was one of the my favorite things that I've ever made. I was like so happy with the way that turned out. It was so cool. All right, let's do that. And there we go. All right, back in place. Throw that down. Background over here. There we go. All right. Okay. We're back in business. Back in business. So there you go. <laughs> oh, man. The Evo 2009 top eight footage. It's out there somewhere. For sure, it's out there. Hmm. They couldn't find him? Is that why they had to get the new... I actually really like the... Like, that... The ultimate street fighter! Like, I love that, dude. That was super cool, dude. That was super cool. I like that announcer. <laughs> and it's so sad they never even got the uh, indestructible to keep going, dude. Uh, yeah, I used to do a bunch of those intros and stuff like that, so... Oh, the top eight isn't easy to find. Interesting. Okay. I hope you guys could hear that. <laughs> just sitting here and all of a sudden I just hear this meow and I was just like, what the, what the? <laughs> oh, was that the year that IGN had it? That was the year that IGN had it, huh? I, I, do, I don't remember what year IGN had all that stuff like that. <laughs> Seth and Adam Sessler. Uh, I mean, I've, I mean, I'm doing editing right now. It's just the editing that I do is super boring. I think they lost the rights to it. I just don't think they renewed the rights to it. And so they just didn't use it anymore. Uh, editing is a lot easier now, but here's the thing, Atomic Number. I see a lot of editing these days, and I actually hate the way a lot of things are edited because I really do feel like I have a vision for it that a lot of people don't, that I understand the flow of things, that I understand the timing of things and how you want things to craft and weave a narrative story and everything like that. Like when I used to do all the intros for Evo, there would always be like this theme across all of the, uh, the, the videos. So for that 2009, um, the Street Fighter IV intro was about art, was about painting. And if you actually watch all the other intros, there are ones about dancing, one's about music, one's about the art of war, one is about the art of uh, cooking, one was about the art of... Uh, I made basically... Uh, I basically... Uh, had a theme across all of the intros for that year 
basically. So yeah, wine, dude, Nayla remembers. That's right. I had one that was about wine. The one that was about music was the Soul Caliber one, and it was so awful because I was making it in the middle of the night before I had to travel to Evo because it was I was having so much trouble making it work and I was trying to finish it at the last second. Ugh. Uh, no, <laughs> Art of War was not a Yumi Hamas <laughs> Hamasaki. No, that was not that one. Uh, man. Yeah, that's right. SD had wine because it gets better over time. That's right. I did not contribute to the Versus books uh, back in the 90s, but I know a lot of people, most of the people who did, I know all of them. So, you know, no, no shock there or anything like that. So... MVC2 Shawshank intro. Which one was the Shawshank intro? What the hell is the Shawshank intro? What the hell is the Shawshank intro one? Are you talking about the Bill Wellman yelling one? Or are you talking about the, the, the Art of War one that I did for MVC2? The Art of War one was fun to create. Oh, Super NCR. Yeah, yeah, that was not me. That was not me, so... That was not me. Oh man, but yeah, there's a lot of uh I miss doing a lot of that stuff. Bill Wellman was an MVC2 intro that I made that just starts with Bill Wellman. <laughs> That's all it does. It just starts with him. Uh I can't even remember what year. Uh, Alpha 2 Guide, I did not... I might have done one thing, but I don't remember now. I don't remember now. Uh, 2010. Why don't I see my 2010 intro videos here? Is it all an output over here? Oh, no, because 2010 is too late. That's right. Uh... Where was that? That, that? that one was before. That's right. That's right. MVC, this was the... Is this the Bill Wellman one? This one was... Yeah, this is the Bill Wellman one. This one's like really goofy because there's actually no gameplay footage in it, but it's just... It's so amusing. What's that? What's that? Yeah, that's... That's good old Bill Wellman yelling in the background over there. Um... So, this is Bill Wellman yelling it up over here. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? Uh. with blood beams and strong legs like Serena, the leader of the ghetto. Smooth by Bell. Oh, remix. Desmond, yikes! Remix.
the gentleman's wager now and they use the last gentleman's two sport right here, Marvel's Captain. Ski Sonic! <laughs> Man, that's like a who's who video right there. Jesus. And you know who that was who was saying that? The last gentleman sport? Do you know who that was who was talking about that? That's Willie P. That's Walter. That's the guy who actually does... Uh, J David actually just gave him uh, FGC member of the year. He was one of the top three of there. That's uh, Walter Padilla, who was, uh, who's doing a lot of the, the Netherrealm, uh, the NRS tournaments and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, like, you should see all these people. He was one of the first... Uh, commentators ever yeah that's Willie P that's that's Walter Padilla right there so oh man <laughs> my good acting I've always felt like I've had good acting too I've always felt like I've had good acting I mean you've seen it in all the freaking uh, pr uh the the Phoenix Wright games right so <laughs> Yeah, Skisonic went to NYU on Daigo scholarship. Unfortunately, the negativity and hatred in the FGC kind of drove him out of commentary because he just became that guy that everybody wanted to talk trash about. And that was it. And, and he disappeared. That was it, basically. Yeah, stream chat basically uh, drove him out of commentary, dude. It sucked. He was good. He was a great commentator, but... I mean, there was a couple of things that, you know, obviously everybody has stuff that they could work on. Uh, but I think one of the hardest parts was that Skisonic fought back against a lot of the stream chat, which kind of reinforced and doubled down their hatred and stuff like that. And it sucks, dude. It sucks, dude. Yep. It's the way it works, man. It's the way it works. It's where that toxicity comes in sometimes, man. And and you just got to handle that kind of situation. So, But, I mean, we just watched a bunch of videos. I'll have to re-watch them again in another official stream where I actually go through a bunch of these videos and stuff like that. So, um, Dogface is amazing, dude. Dogface, not only is he amazing, he's one of the nicest guys. I should, I should re-watch the Dogface show uh, on stream one of these days. I should rewatch all the Dogface Show episodes that I have. How many Dogface Show episodes do I have over here? I've got... I've got all of episode one. Where's the rest of them? Jeez, where do I have the rest of them? Shoot. Video game multimedia. So I have this here. Shoot. Where do I have all my dog face show stuff? Oh, God. Hi. Hi. Mwah. Hi. 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 What's going on, Nathan? Oh, are you going to be messing with my camera again? Are you messing with my camera again? Oh. Oh. God, I don't know where all the dog face show stuff is anymore. This is actually kind of terrifying to me that I don't know where all of it is. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Cause you edited one of them, didn't you? Uh, you edited one of them, didn't you, Saber? Oh, Cigar Bob did. That's right. That's what it was. Oh, Cigar Bob was the one when he edited it. I kept yelling at him all the time because I was mad about how he did the editing. That's right. <laughs> I remember now. And I think at one point in time, he really freaking hated me because I was, I was like that super annoying like auteur who was like, no, you must do this properly. And like he didn't like change the camera view enough and all this stuff like this. And I got all mad about it. I was like, no, you lingered on this camera view too long. You need to change it up. Da -da 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 -da. Like, no, seriously, like I, I was an asshole, dude. I was such an asshole for that. Oh God, that's so funny. Why do I only have episode one? Where the hell is all my dog face show? Oh, man. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Episode two, episode three. Got it. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. There's all the stuff over here. Episode four, episode five, dog face show, Evo, dog face show, fanatic. Yeah, I have a bunch of dog face show stuff here. Okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. So I do have a bunch of dog face show stuff over here. So one of these days, I'm going to have to just watch these all again. So... <clears throat> I'm sure he did tell you about it, Saber. I'm sure he was like, fuck James Chen, man. Fuck this guy. Like, what an asshole, dude. Like, I'm sure he hated me for it, dude, because I was such an asshole at that time. But I wanted perfection. I wanted the perfection. Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dramatic Nathan and Jasmine movie trailer. There you go. Have them running from explosions. <laughs> Happy New Year, Amanda. How you doing? How you doing? Mm. All right. So yeah, well, there was... You missed all of the nostalgia just now, Amanda. You have to go and watch. You have to go watch uh, a bunch of that old stuff in there. Uh, you have to watch the archives at this point in time. Uh, I mean, I'm looking a little thinner, but we'll see how long this lasts here because, uh, I don't know, uh, I have a weird suspicion about something and my medical situation sucks and I need to get a renewed prescription on some, on some medicine that I have and I can't anymore because healthcare sucks and, ah, freaking stupid ass healthcare. I hate healthcare in this country, dude. It's the absolute worst thing ever, dude. Oh man. But yeah, that's right. And I just did the uh I just did the 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 Evo. I'm sorry, the, the new uh Tuesday show intro, right? I just did that, although that was a very simple, straightforward intro that I did, but David seemed to really like it. So <laughs> David seemed to really enjoy that. One of these days, I'll show the two-hit combo on here as well. But keep in mind, guys, that the two-hit combo video is 21 minutes and 45 seconds long. So if we sat down and watched it, uh, we would be watching it for like 21 minutes. Um, 
it's a blood sugar medication, DJ Blues. I have blood sugar medication because I have a high blood sugar. And uh, my doctor asked me to come in so that he can renew it or check to see if I still needed it. But I can't see the doctor anymore because he's out of network. Even though I signed up for a freaking PPO, the whole point of PPO is that they still gave you small coverage on out of network doctors. That's the whole point. Not full coverage, but at least some coverage. So I picked a PPO so that I can do that, except for some reason, this healthcare that I've chosen has absolutely zero out of network coverage, even though they listed themselves as a PPO. And of course, our country is so stupid that when you sign up for this healthcare like this, you can't just cancel it and change to another healthcare. You need to have some sort of life altering thing. Like you have to, like, it's not just like, I don't like this healthcare, bye, let me grab this other one. You're fucking stuck with the healthcare for a whole fucking year. You can't change it. If I cancel it, I can't get healthcare for the rest of the year. It is the stupidest piece of shit ever. It is so dumb. Dude, you don't even understand how much, how angry it makes me. How much healthcare pisses me off, dude. It's so fucking bullshit, dude. Ugh. It is absolutely a scam. And whoever came up with the concept of the deductible is the most evil human being on the planet because then no matter what cost of plan that you buy, if you need a major surgery, you're spending that money anyway. Deductible forces you to gamble on your own health. You are rolling the dice and saying, I'm not gonna get hurt this year. I am gonna get hurt this year. That's all the deductible is there for, is to make sure that if some major thing happens to you, you still fit most of the bill, right? Because if I pay for the cheaper, if I pay for the bronze plan of healthcare, I have this gigantic like $6,000 deductible, right? That I have to pay first before they start covering anything. So if I don't see the doctor at all, then I'm fine. But if I get injured, I pay $6,000 first. And then if I pay for the gold plan, which you pay more for the month and you have no deductible, but now you're paying more per month. So you're spending that money anyway. There's no way to avoid spending the money when you have major surgery in the United States. They came up a way with a way to guarantee that if you have any sort of major operation, medical emergency, that you will fit most of the bill so that they don't have to cover any of it. That is the US healthcare that we have right now. Dude, seriously, like it pisses me off so much. You don't understand how much it, like when I found out I couldn't see that doctor that was out of network, I was screaming. I was literally legit in my car just going, Gah! I was so mad because I was so angry, dude. Oh God, it's so mad, dude. Oh God, it just drives me nuts. Yeah, seriously, dude. Fuck government healthcare, dude. It's so stupid, dude. It drives me so angry, dude. I can't. <sighs> dude, you don't you don't even know, man. You don't even know. I don't talk about who I want to vote for and stuff like that a lot on 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 this stream or on Twitter or anything like that, but fucking 
Medicare, Medicare for all. That's all I'm going to say, dude. That's all I'm going to say is Medicare for all, dude. It's your fucking health. It's your fucking health, dude. Everybody, that is a right of life right there that you should be able to take care of yourself that way. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you shouldn't have to fucking do all, anyways, ugh. I don't even have a dentist. I can't see a dentist. I don't have a dental plan. I don't have a vision plan. Because that adds more to my cost and I can't afford it. I literally can't afford dental and vision plan right now. And I need glasses right now too. So I got to figure out a way to get glasses and it's not going to be cheap. I'll probably have to run to Costco. I already spent over $100 just to get an eye exam. Just to get an eye exam. Thank you, Instant Riot, for the subscription. I've already had to suck my nuts, Instant Riot, since this has now turned into an un, uh, into a into a uncensored episode. <laughs> uh, oh, was that a gift sub? Thank you, Tap Two GG, for the gift sub. Thank you for suck my nuts, Tap Two GG. I mean, literally, I can't. I have. I had to pay a hundred and some bucks for just to check my vision just so I can give it to somebody else so that now I have to pay like over $100 for glasses probably because it's such a ripoff. I don't, I'm gonna see if I can go to Costco. I don't have a Costco card, unfortunately. It'd be nice to actually get one, so. Uh, I mean, the worst thing about it is like last year, I didn't have health insurance and I just thought to myself, if so anything like that, if anything major happened to me, I would just die. <laughs> Like, that was literally me the entirety of last year. I was like, if anything happens to me, I'm just going to die. Like, that's just it. I'd just rather die than than, than, than to live in this stupid scam. But you just can't do it. You have to You have to be a part of it. You have to, you can't avoid the scam, right? You just, you literally can't avoid the scam. Yeah, unless I go to Canada, dude. Trust me. Jackie has always been like, James, you should move to Toronto. James, you should move to Toronto. And I'm just sitting here like, I should move to Toronto. <laughs> I should move to Toronto. And uh, trust me, every time Jackie sees me, he's like, James, you should move to Toronto. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I really should. I really should move to Toronto. <laughs> Car insurance is another scam, dude. Oh, God. It's ridiculous, dude. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> the Chris Tucker picture. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know. The problem with it is being in L.A. is too advantageous, right? There's a lot of opportunities that you get here that you just don't get elsewhere. Oh. You can't live without a car in Southern California. You can, but it's expensive. It's expensive. So, um, fortunately for me... Uh, I had to buy a new car. Unfortunately for me, I had to buy a new car recently uh, because my previous car got totaled. Fortunately, uh, I got a lot back from that car. So I was able to help cover the for a good chunk of the car that I got. And then my parents helped me out with the car. So now I'm basically just like paying my parents for the car right now. And so they're, they're keeping my car payments very low right now to help me survive basically. So, 
Oh, dude. Well, so here's the thing, Lionheart Rar. I could get a job right now probably pretty easily back to coding. Shout-outs to DJ Blues for the subs continued subscription as well. I Suck my nuts, DJ Blues. I could get a job right now as a programmer if I just sat down, practiced again, and got good at it again. Uh, probably not too bad. I was a very good programmer at the time. The problem is it's, I know my heart's not into it right now. And I know I want to do everything I can to see this FGC thing through. And I still feel like I'm in a unique position that I can, I can actually affect things. Like I feel like I'm in a position that I do bring in new viewers, that I am one of the best at explaining fighting games to new people, that I am one of the people who's the best at the stories, the history, making sure the players seem human, right? That's one of my focuses when I commentate. The reason why I talk about what they're feeling and thinking all the time, or the reason why I try to talk about the stories about them, because I try to make the players as human as possible. And I feel like that's one of the most unique aspects of of my commentary and I feel like it's one of the most important things to me about commentary is making the players human you want to root for these guys you want oh thank you anonymous for the funds dang okay I, I always feel bad about this like I did this on Twitter today like I tweeted about like not having a copy of Street Fighter 5 and then all of a sudden everyone's like I'll gift it to you 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 and I was like no 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 this is not why I'm tweeting about this I don't complain about this stuff because I'm like please give me money like that's not the way it works but I appreciate it thank you 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 shit 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 so um <laughs> That was me destroying a baby. Shout out to Renick, by the way. Uh, speaking of more Arizona people, Saber. Uh, that was uh, Renick made that video of me flipping a table and added the baby to it so that I, I squashed the baby. <laughs> uh, I did cry at an event, dude. I've cried at multiple events, dude. Oh, man. That Chenzor Dynasty bow? What? Oh, the bow. Yes, the bow. It is an honor. Yeah, I've definitely cried at Evo before because it just gets me so emotional, dude. It just gets me... Dude, you know what? Uh, speaking of crying, it makes me actually really sad. Evo Japan is the same weekend as Lunar New Year, and I might have just accidentally spoiled something, but Evo Japan is the same year, is the same weekend as Lunar New Year. So this is actually going to be um, the first... Lunar New Year in like maybe two decades that I'm not going to be able to spend it with my parents. Uh, I'm, I've been, I've had a, the big Chinese New Year's dinner with my parents every single year and I'm not going to be able to this year. So uh, it makes me, ma makes me really, really, really sad and uh, it hurts. It hurts, but they understand. They understand that I need to make money, dude. I need to make them the money. So Dude, oh God, when Tokido said that, dude, like I, I fucking, oh, I lost it. Like you could, I, I even said, like I, when I looked at Sejam and I was like, why did Tokido have to say that? That was legit me being angry at Tokido saying that because I didn't want to cry. And Sejam can confirm when we were commentating right before he said that, I was already just kind of like a little weepy. I was a little you know, moist-eyed, and I was like, but I'll be okay, but I'll be okay. And then Tokido was like, uh, I just have one thing to say. 
uh, fighting games are something so great. And as soon as he said that, I fucking lost it, dude. Like, I, God, see, I'm getting emotional now just thinking about it. Every time I think about that, I get emotional about it. And he said that, and I fucking lost it, dude. Like, it just went from, like, moist eye to just, like, pow! And then I was just, like, head on the table, and I was just, like, the waterworks were going everywhere, dude. It was crazy. Ah, fucking Tokido. Why did he have to say that, dude? <laughs> Why did Tokido have to say that, dude? Oh, God. Uh, oh, dude, I cried so much with the Gamer B thing, too. Oh, God, when when Gamer B lost that, I cried so bad. It was like watching Rocky 1, dude. It was it was like watching Rocky 1 when, when, when Gamer B lost that one. It was so crazy, dude. Oh, God, it was so hard. I was crying for like an hour after that one. I couldn't stop crying. The year after the Something So Great, I cried when Hungrybox won Melee and he collapsed on the stage. I cried forever there and I had to like gather myself and dry all my tears before Street Fighter V started. Scar and Toph were just laughing at me because they're like, we're not even crying and you're crying about Hungrybox winning. <laughs> oh man. Oof. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not even just that, Hideo Kojima. The way that I've explained it to everybody, the reason why I cried it, because he, he had won. Remember, he won EVO 2000, 2000. He won EVO 2000 in CVS 2, and he's won other games at EVO before. And so it's not like he hasn't gotten an EVO championship, but like I said to David on the Tuesday show, like Tokido could have fucking cured cancer. He could have created like space travel if he wanted to. Like that's how amazing this guy is, and he chose to spend all of his time in fighting games, right? And so for me, with fighting games, you know, I feel like a lot of times I'm leading people to their death with fighting games because my job is to make fighting games great and appealing because I love them. And so I lure all these people in here who are like, James, how do I become a pro fighting game player? And I'm like, you don't, don't, don't. Like, I want to get sponsored. And I'm like, don't even think about that right now. Go to school. Go to school. Kind of, oh, what's up, Bizarro Mike? What's going on? You know, and stuff like that. So part of me feels like I'm kind of like the Pied Piper of death that I'm leading all these people to the fighting game community basically for them to all suffer and like skip school to try to become this great player and then fail and have nothing to show for it, you know? And so when someone like Tokido, you know, who, who dedicated his life to this and he gets that win and he says fighting games are something so great, that means to him it was worth it. That means for him, the, the, the journey, the passion, the hobby, the existence of the fighting game community is worth it. Freaking Tokido, dude. I always joke that even though I wasn't playing, Tokido bodied me anyway. <laughs> you know, it's tough because, you know, I've spent... I've spent so much of my life on this. 
And you know, part of me sometimes wonders to myself, did I fuck myself over too? Did I, did I screw myself over too? I, maybe I could have a family right now. Maybe I could have kids. Maybe I could be super wealthy doing some crazy job somewhere else and doing all this wonderful stuff. Maybe I screwed myself over too, but I don't believe it. And, um, you know, that's why when Tokido said that, man, it just, it wrecked me so badly. Oh, God, I hate this. I hate being such an emotional person sometimes. Ugh, God. And that's a tough thing, too, right? That, that's, that, that is the toughest thing about that, too, is... um. You know, you try to do this. You, you try to make this work so badly. And it just feels like everything is against you all the time. Because like I said, freelancing is a trap, man. Freelancing is a trap in this country. And so like trying to pursue a passion like the fighting game community is really, really tough, dude. It's really, really tough. Um, it's really hard. But yeah, freaking Tokido, dude. Ugh, I hate it. Every time I try to talk about why that meant so much to me when Tokido said that, I get super emotional all the time. <sighs> God. Freaking Tokido. <sighs> mm. Tokido is, uh, destroys me all the time. <laughs> I know you're an emotional person as well, Mike. I know, I know. And that's the thing too, right? Like, it's tough because like, I'm not doing this because I want people to tell me that I'm appreciated or that I'm important or, or any of these kind of things. I like, I don't, like, I want this because I want people like Daigo and Justin to be names, household names. You know, I want, I want to be able to help you know, bring I want to make it so that people like Mena RD and like Idom can be rewarded for this crazy talent and to become heroes of their own country, heroes of their own city. You know, that's oh shit. Oh, you're gonna make me cry more, Peter0611. Ah, oh, fuck. Like, to me, it's more important that guys like Idom and like... and Mena RD can change their lives. Gachakun, you know, Knuckle Do. You think about the year 
when you think about the year that Knuckle Do had, when he won Capcom Cup, like it could have been, could have been such a different story. And because of fighting games, it turned it all around for him. Well, because of a dog, and then for fighting games, it turned it all around for him. And that, to me, is what's the most important thing about fighting games. I, I see Knuckle do these days, and trust me, it never escapes my thoughts whenever I see him. And I see him smiling, and I see him laughing, having a good time on Street Fighter League. And I see him winning NARF uh, North America Regional Finals, and you know, has the My Wallet shirt and all that stuff. And him talking about his sister getting engaged, and you know, Rob is living with him now. Rob TV is living with him now, and how he like bought a car for his mom and all these things like that. And I just, I think about, I think about it a lot, just thinking about what fighting games has done, and it's, it's a remarkable thing. We've given these kind of opportunities to people because of fighting games, man, because of fighting games. And he's about to have a kid. He's about to have a kid. <sighs> and why? Why did that happen? Because of fighting games, man. Because of Street Fighter. Because of fighting games. Because the FGC existed. People wonder why I'm, I'm so loyal to, to, to Evo and the Cannons and, and Wizard and everybody like that. Well, like, if there was no Evo, there was, there'd be none of this. If there was no Evo, there's none of this. You know? And that's why it's so important to me. It's why it always will be important to me. And, you know, the decisions they've made over the years have meant so much. It's made such a difference. We're, we're at this point now, you know, where... Fighting games are huge. They're huge. <sighs> right, I mean, think about Sonic Fox, dude. Sonic Fox is a gender-neutral furry. What kind of life might they have lived without fighting games? What kind of life might Sonic Fox have had without fighting games? And yet, here he is winning awards, going on stage and, and shouting out to the world that he's gay and, and winning just 
hundreds and thousands of dollars and he's a he's a hero he's a national hero there are so many people out there that admire him you know Ugh, I never expect anything like this DJ blues I never um, expect things to go like this <laughs> but like it's because of fighting games, right? And again, you know, fighting games aren't necessarily going to be unique for that reason. There's all sorts of things that can help bring people to the limelight. But fighting games are what I love, what, I pa what I'm passionate about, and there's so much talent. And all these people that I've met throughout the years, all these wonderful, wonderful people out there are just so amazing. And, you know... To me, that's why I do what I do is because I want to keep giving opportunities to people like that. I want to make sure that people <clears throat> have a new venue to succeed, especially one that rewards you regardless of your background, regardless of your social status, of your gender, of your creed, of your ethnicity. Pakistan is huge and important in the Tekken community right now. Nasser and Angry Bird are flying out from the UAE to do all this stuff in the fighting game community. Idom is its kid from the Bronx. Mena RD won enough money from Capcom Cup that he could buy a mansion and still had enough left over for like three cars in the Dominican Republic. You know, it's like... <clears throat> It, it, the fighting game community, to me, one of the special things about it is that it is so unjudgmental. You know, as much as we like to talk about a lot of other esports, you know, a lot of the times it still requires you to have a really nice computer. The reason why fighting games are so special is because you went to an arcade, and if you had a dollar, you played four games. That was it, and you hung out with people. It was social. You got to play no matter what. You put a quarter up, you play. You put a quarter up, you play. And that's the end of the story, right? Like, even as as much as there was bullying and, and, and like, kind of mean-spiritedness in arcades and stuff like that, there was still that aspect of it where someone put a quarter up, you, they played. They played. If you didn't like them, you just tried to beat them down in the game and stuff like that. So, it's crazy. It's crazy. So... Um, yeah, fighting games are, ooh, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting thing, it's an interesting thing, so, <sighs> anyways, I did not expect this to happen in my stream, so I'm sorry about that, uh, sorry about that, <laughs> uh, all right, have a good night, Water Kirby. Water Kirby, but, um, <clears throat> whew. it's just, it's, 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 yeah, I, I mean, it all just kind of stemmed from me saying that, you know, um, I could probably get a job right now as a programmer if I really wanted to. Uh, I could probably get a job as a programmer right now if I really wanted to, but, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that, um, that uh, I just I want to see this thing through. <laughs> I wanna I want to uh, I want to make sure that this that I can give this my all. Let's just put it that way. I just want to make sure 
that I could give it my all, that I can that I can do everything I can to make sure that people can succeed in this environment. You know what I mean? I just wanna I just wanna see I just wanna see other people be able to have to be able to experience the highs that they would have never experienced without the fighting game community. So, should I feed some cats at this point in time? <laughs> should I feed some cats at this point in time? Uh, I don't think I'm going to be playing Street Fighter right now. Maybe I'll do so tomorrow. Uh, but I'll, maybe I'll try that uh, patch tomorrow or I'll test it out and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, I guess I can feed some cats right now. Looks like a lot of people seem to be, uh, a lot of people are, uh, kind of good for that. My, your dog is barking at my cats. That's actually funny. My cats like boxes. They do. If you actually look at this box over here, you see that box right there? That one that says Kirkland maple syrup on it. Uh, the edges of it are all chewed up. Because, oh, thank you for the sub, Super Moose. Because uh, Nathan, not only does he like boxes, but he likes chewing on cardboard. He really, really likes chewing on cardboard. And so he just destroys the edges of the boxes like that. I mean, does Mona do the same thing? Artemis, does, does, does she chew boxes as well or not? Dude, there was that one video on YouTube, which was the most hilarious thing, where the guy had the video, and he's like, look, uh, there's my cat. There's a box. Let's see how long it takes for the cat. And the cat's in the box already. Like, it's like the most hilarious video, dude. It's super good. It's super good. That video made me crack up, dude. That I was dying. <sighs> yeah, if you look at this. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. Look what she's done. Look what he has done to the edge of this box. Like it is just in shambles. Look at this thing. Everywhere. Just chewed up, dude. He just chews the crap out of these boxes. It's it's wild. I have so many boxes in my bedroom that have teeth holes everywhere in them because he just chews every single box everywhere. You guys want some food, kitties? <laughs> God, the way she looks at me and she just kind of goes, Mow. it's just, it's so like, how do you refuse to feed a cat when they do that? Jesus. Felinus Sharkimus. 
and they circle their prey. They they swim in circles until they get their food as they walk around in circles all day. Good girl. Uh. <coughs> <laughs> He's gonna walk around in circles. Yep, there you go. <sighs> baskets, huh? I don't have any baskets. If I had baskets, I'm sure that they would love baskets as well. Pretty sure they would love baskets as well. Yeah, 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 Hideo Kojima. Yes, that's exactly what happens when they get fixed. Uh, so it just happened to him. It's not actually that he's fat or anything like that. It's because uh, that, that will happen. You'll get like a little saggy pouch like that, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, but that's the way it was. That's what happens to a lot of cats. <sighs> he is still kind of a chunk, but he's always really big. Uh, man of Peerless Might, I feed my cats. I try to feed them at 10 in the morning, 7, 7.30 at night, and then at around 12, 12.30, 1 p.m. at night. Uh, I feed them very small amounts of food. Like, that is actually one packet of cat food split into two. So they're always eating half a packet of cat food. So, um, uh, I try, I, I'm not the kind of person that just has dry food lying around for them to eat. Because I heard that's actually kind of bad for cats and causes them to be diabetic and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so what I generally try to do... Uh, oh, you love the kitty pouch? Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, so, I mean, my cats do keep maintain a pretty decent weight that way. Uh, so they, uh, they're both, like, ever so slightly overweight, but they're not, like, super, super chonky, you know? Plus, another thing, too, is that it is colder. It's the colder season, quote, unquote. And so uh, that's what that thing in the corner is. I just don't I have it on whenever I'm home. Um, but um, when cats are in the winter, they're poofier. So they definitely looks, uh, they, they definitely look fatter. Uh, but, I mean, Nathan, <clears throat> sorry, Nathan, I'm going to bother you for a second here. Uh, he's really like that, right? Like, if you if you hold in all of the uh, the poof, he's really not as fat as he looks. <laughs> yeah, I only have the auto feeder on when I travel, basically. So, yeah, Jasmine has been hacking the auto feeder. Both Jasmine and Nathan do it. It's basically like think of it as like a real like a like giant flat wind windmills, you know. A thing so that food gets dropped in the pocket and it rotates and then it sends the next one in and then it rotates and it sends the next quadrant in and it rotates sends the next quadrant in 
Well, one quadrant is always kind of locked in there, and my cats have learned to reach their paw in there and pull at it, and it lets the next quadrant of food come out. Which actually, in the result, in re the result happens is that the next time they get auto-fed, they get less food. They get less food that way. And I have tried everything to keep from them from doing that. I have put blockers and covers and all these things and they just rip all of it to shreds trying to get to that food so badly. Like I'll take these things and I'll like tape all these, like use all this masking tape and all this packing tape and I'll tape all these covers and blocks and stuff like that. And then I come home and they rip the whole thing to shreds and it's just all off the floor and I'm like, oh my God. Dude, you don't even understand. I All of my closets downstairs in my bedroom, I have to find goofy ways to, to, quote, lock my closets. Because if I don't, my cats will open my closets and walk into my closets and try to find stuff in there. They also go into my kitchen cabinets sometimes. I had to install magnets on everything. So this has a magnet on it. And I had to install that magnet on the cabinet because before there were magnets on there, Jasmine would open it up and run in there and hide in the very, very corner and I wouldn't be able to find her at all. So, yeah, tap two, GG. I will definitely try to do a lot more uh, history stuff. Uh, I definitely will try to do more history. Dude, I have, to, I have to child lock. I have to child safety my house because of my cats, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because my cats definitely go into everything, so it's wild. It's wild. My cats are too smart. These are like I have. I did not realize cats were this clever. I did not realize cats were this smart until I owned cats. You know, it's kind of crazy. So, all right, anime lover, I'll see you later. But I'm gonna go ahead and take off too. So I will talk to you guys later. I might come back for an FFRK stream. Did she really just run back because I touched my camera again? Like she just ran back and like she's like looking kind of excited at me again. Look at this thing. What the heck, kitty? You're not looking for more food, are you? Come here, kitty. Come here, kitty. Come here, kitty. <gasps> Alright. Fist bump. Jasmine, give me a fist bump. You still do this? Oh, there you go. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Oh, good girl. Good girl. Okay. Anyways, I'll see you guys later. Have a good night. Uh, sorry I got so emotional again. <laughs> but I will uh, talk to you guys later. And take care of yourselves. Go watch some AG AGDQ. Go watch some AGDQ. Peace out, guys.